Hey there, folks. Trustworthy Fat Kev Smith. Before we start casting the pods, man, let me try to sell you something first, okay? Do you like me? Do you like my friends Jason Muse, uh, Ralph Garman? Then guess what? We're coming to a town near you, man. Uh, Chicago, St. Louis, Atlantic City, San Diego for the Comic-Con, and Louisville, Kentucky. We're coming your way, man. Come see a Smod Co. show. Tickets at csmod.com. That's S-E-E-S-M-O-D.com. Now, if you can't come to one of our shows, you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to support this two-bit operation? Well, how about you kick back in your home with some family and friends and loved ones and play Monopoly? Jay and Silent Bob strike back Monopoly. That's right, man. You can buy from jayandsilentbob.com, the home of the secret stash, right there online. A signed edition of uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back Monopoly. Me and Muse sign it, man. Jason Muse, Jay himself, me, Silent Bob. Uh, and the parts are real fun, man. They got a little cock knocker, a little fist, a little, uh, a little Suzanne, a little blunt mobile. It's crazy, man. Get your hands on it. You get drunk, get stoned, and play a round of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back Monopoly. Available signed by me and Jason Muse at jayandsilentbob.com. Now... Here comes your Smodco podcast. Hello, Brain Trust. Hope all is very well with all of you. Uh, this week will be a last week on the road that I recorded uh, with comedian Mark Saratello driving from the Irvine Improv on a night where I just headlined the show there. And Mark hosted back to the Hollywood Improv for the Comedy Juice show that I was just going to hang out at. Um, and I was trying to interview Mark, and he just turned the tables on me. And I figured that hadn't been done this podcast to what I can remember, so uh, I let him do so, and he asked me a bunch of questions about my career, how I got my start, um, old anxieties and performance issues I used to have, and how I overcame them. And uh, then when we get to the comedy club, to the Hollywood Improv, uh, comedians Darren Carter, the party starter, as you will see, uh, and hear us... Uh, talk about Josh Nasser, Renee Garcia, and I meet for the first time comedian Alex Ortiz uh, join me just you know as I'm walking around with my phone for a classic comedian's hang. Uh, you will get to hear what it sounds like uh, to be a comedian just kicking it at the improv. Um, thought that would be fun for you all to listen to. We'll be back with a full news podcast next week. Um, in the meantime, also, if you're not following me yet on social media, at Ben Glebe on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, and especially Periscope. I hopped on that big time the last two weeks, and I'm broadcasting all kinds of interesting things behind the scenes. I broadcast even behind the scenes of the Today Show. Kathy Lee and Hoda made a cameo in my podcast. Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood, when I get, got to guest host Loveline, made a cameo in my, po in my Periscope. Um, the, the cast of the new TV show Funny Girls uh, on Oxygen, uh, made a cameo and uh, just also my girlfriend and I have been doing uh, a lot of periscopes together and as of my friends and I'm just doing a lot of weird Q&A sessions and behind the scenes thing I did underwater treasure hunt races with my one of my best friends Chong uh, in my pool um, and that was weird you know I broadcast that for some reason uh, we were gambling while swimming underwater trying to find little treasures that I have because I'm a little boy with plastic treasures that I bought at Walgreens and uh, that I quite enjoy diving for. It makes me feel like some sort of a fish, maybe a seal of some kind. And I'm comfortable with that. And um, on that admission, I think it's time uh, that we get this thing rolling. So thanks for listening. Uh, you're all the Glebe of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Friends of Benefits, the Glebe Squad, the uh, 
Big Liebers and all of us. Hashtag Big Liebers for life. We're gaining slowly on Justin Bieber. I believe it's only a matter of time. And now, last week on the road, already in progress. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep them doggies rolling. This recording rolling. Thanks for having me, Ben. For sure, man. So we just did a killer show in Irvine. I, I hosted for you. We drew really well. Can you uh, hold this up like yeah, right about oh, here? Yeah, that would yeah. be ideal. Like, oh. uh, now, now I'm being put to work. I feel like a key grip on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Saratella, uh, for those of you listening, he is a very funny man. He is a good dude. He is a very funny stand-up comedian, and he also runs Comedy Juice. Yep. Okay. What? Yep, currently running Comedy Juice, which is owned, owned by the, the driver of this car. True, part owned. Um, part owned with Scott Richardson. I created Comedy Juice back in the day. A um, long time ago, like 13 years ago now or something? Yeah, I think, I think it's been 13 years. I wasn't there at the beginning, but uh, I think that's what it is. You weren't born yet. <laughs> I'm 12 years old. Uh, how would you describe your style of comedy? What's your outlook on the world? I think that I mainly do uh, social satire. Then I mix in some crowd work. I do relationship stuff. And then teacher stuff. But mainly observational comedy and social satire. That's what I'd say. Teacher stuff, you said? Yeah, I used to work as an elementary school teacher. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> did you know that? I did know that in the back yeah. of my head someplace. Yeah. Yeah, I taught uh, the first grade for three years. And I taught overall for seven years. Damn. Down in San Diego, where you where you have roots, actually. I went to school in San Diego, to college. Um, so you taught first grade for... How was, what was that experience like? First grade is cool because, uh, you know, they've got a... <laughs> they've got a year under their belt. They've been out there in the world. It's not, you know, they're not totally foreign to, you know... We, until you're five, you really probably very rarely leave your home. True. So when you just show up at school, it's your first time in the world, and there's just it, kindergarten is very uh, it's much crazier than first grade. So I actually like first grade because they still worship you, but they can stay focused, and and you uh, you know what you say goes. There's no arguing. There's no like you know, you know back talk from kids that are six years old. What you say goes, and, and it's it's really fun actually. You like it because you get to be a dictator of children. <laughs> I've got my own little nation. I've got my own little uh, militia if I needed it. Exactly. If you just hold it here, you won't have to move it back and forth. Yeah, and we cool. can just have much yeah. more, like, uh, chill vibe. And you don't have to be moving like a reporter. Yeah. You know how it is. Yeah, totally. Being reporter style. Yeah. So where did you, uh, where did you start stand-up? Started in L.A. I mean, in some weird way, for a minute in San Diego in college, I did some of my first gigs, like hosting campus events and doing my... Leap show, TV show, I do monologues that were stand up but my first set ever was in LA at the LA Cabaret op- open mic. And I came up in LA, from, you know, from right when I graduated college. How long did they let you do on stage that first time? Three minutes. <laughs> it feels so long, right? It was, I mean, it, it was definitely it took a while. It was dark. I remember I got up on stage and it was just dark. The spotlight was way stupidly strong for a tiny little room. You couldn't see the crowd at all. Yeah. And so I was playing and like, and just changed the whole vibe and it like threw me off. And it was not a good set. I got <laughs> barely a, a polite laugh and I had three <laughs> friends there with me. But, really? So that was not it's a good so idea. It's a horrible person. What, uh, 
Did you, did you feel like you're like a, a natural performer? Like, did you feel like an, a natural up there? Yeah. Cool. I mean, I was born to come up with, I think I was born to come up with comedic things and viewpoints on the world and thoughts and make people laugh and make people smile, but also make people think. And I just always wanted to perform and entertain, but I also had this speech problem that, you know, I bumped up against pretty aggressively throughout my formative years that made it seem impossible to me at the same time. And it was like this prison that I was like, Wow. Held in, no, like not knowing how I'd be able to convey these thoughts I had that I needed to share, and I couldn't even talk. You, you came at it from almost like a, 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 a superhero standpoint. Like it's, it seems like it's like uh, from, uh, it's like a, a comic book creation. Like you had this huge barrier to get through. Wow. To, to get up there. I like that perspective. Yeah. Gleberman. Totally. Like, I, I did my real last name. <laughs> well, that's right. You know, I found that out actually pretty recently. It's cool. Yeah, you know, I don't mean real last name. It is my real last name. Ben Glebe, I consider my real last Glebe, I consider my real last name as well because that's like my identity yeah. of my career and my comedy. But Gleberman is the identity of my family, and you know, it's wild. All that. Yeah, I started saying I, I did not actually feel like a natural performer. It took me probably two or three years to get comfortable on stage in front of people, and it's not that I was stiff, but I definitely didn't feel the confidence that you felt right there where you were like a natural performer to right. get up and say these things. It took me a while to get comfortable. Yeah, once I was able to speak, I, I felt free as a bird up there. Now, what is, I, I've never heard that you had any kind of speech issues, and so I don't know, sorry if you've gone over this podcast before, but... No, I what, think what, I've really talked about it. Oh, cool. What's the, what's the, what was the issue? Uh, I had like a stutter, but also like a disfluency. So like not only... Would, would, would that would be the way I would speak a lot. Yeah. But that would be even if I was lucky enough to be able to make that sound. I used my whole vocal cords would lock down and I literally, do I go left or right? Uh, left. Express lanes? Yep. Express lanes? No, is that express lane when that truck is in? I don't Pass know. Pass this truck and then go. We're driving, by the way, everyone. This is, uh... I'm sure from the cabin noise, it's probably evident, but we're coming back <laughs> from the Irvine Improv, back to Hollywood Improv. I just headlined Irvine and we're going back to catch the tail end of Comedy Juice at the Hollywood Improv. Yep which happens every Wednesday, it's probably the best comedy show on planet Earth. Uh, I think that as well. I would make that argument and feel very confident about that argument. I make that argument every week. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best show in the United States. It is. It's the best it's show in Los Angeles. For a dozen years. Yeah. And we're biased. You know, I created the company and Mark runs the company. Yeah. But... I also felt it that truly is. Who's playing the show right now tonight? Judd Apatow, Dane Cook... Amy uh, Schumer. Amy Schumer as well tonight? Yeah, yeah, totally. What? Yeah, and uh, Chris D'Elia and Dion Cole. And D'Elia and Dion Cole. Yeah, and last week was... Wow. Last week was David Spade, Louis, Dane Louis Cook. Louis C.K. Yeah, last week. Was, Dane Cook. Yep, David Spade. Together again. And Gerard Carmichael last week. Wow, the show yeah. just got picked up for NBC. Yeah. And David Spade. We always had fucking legendary lineups. Totally. I, I've never understood how there are not lines out the door every fucking week. But there is. And those tickets should be like... It sells out every single week. Now. That's true. Yeah. The uh, There's just not lines down the street like, like there used to be. Well, that's good. You don't make people... Not no, they don't it. make you stand out front anymore. Now it's all digital. No, the box office is in the parking lot. Before also it looked larger because larger, the, the box office was in the front of the door so it went down the street. No, that's true. Yeah. The... Uh, so back to, oh, and that's comedyjuice.com. We're in five cities each week. But uh, back to uh, uh, the fluency. There. New York, San Diego, Los Angeles, Irvine, and Pasadena. That is true. 
can find us at ComedyJuice.com and Twitter handle is at ComedyJuice and it updates about the shows because we get a lot of headliners last minute too so Twitter's a great place to follow the show. Mommy, can I have some juice? Sure, sweetie. What kind of juice? Comedy. And that is also sold at Ralph's. You can get a discount. Two for one this week. From Concentrate. But really when you add water it's so much similar. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's weird. And singing out loud, I think that's part of why I sing out loud a lot on the podcast and in my life in general, um, is uh, I uh, I was always able to sing when my voice would shut down. Wow. I could always sing. So, like, singing the melody or the, the, it's just so chill music that the words just come out of my mouth without any problem. But as soon as I was allowed to breathe in between... I would just lock up. That's wild. And and so, how did they get that out of you? Or how did you learn not to do that? It was an exorcism. We had a big exorcism. <laughs> um, you know, I went to speech therapist my whole childhood, on and off. Yep. They would teach you, like, they'd be reading exercises and make you practice reading out loud, or they would um, maybe, uh, you know, have you learn techniques like being breathy before an M or a B sound that's closed, make an HA sound, so go like, instead of bread is tasty, if you have trouble going the, the, the BR sound, you go, oh, bread is tasty. Wow. Because the A would like open up your passageways. Well, that's also how they teach you to sing, that you, you begin words singing in that manner, so it's weird that you brought up singing because I've taken singing lessons, and on words like that, you do start. You actually start with like a, uh, and it goes up like that. So that's that's why you can sing too, because you were actually getting it rolling. I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, quick side note: now that I know so much about speaking and audio and audio recording, I learned a great tip about audio once that ec- audio increases quality exponentially. Every inch you get closer to your subject, it's like ten times better. Yeah. It's just it's, it's, it's somehow the cones expand exponentially, the cones of the sound waves. So like there was good, and that's good. But if you held it right here, yeah. Now we're only probably okay, like perfect. five inches from Done. mouth. The sound will sound gangster. Done. Um, a lot coming from a guy that wasn't able to even be recorded audio-wise yeah. in the past. I grant you. Did you ever have any issues? Like why were you nervous? Oh, so, sorry. I'll answer your question. How did I overcome it? I just started realizing. I go to therapy and it never seemed to me, I'm sure it helps people for sure, and it helped me in certain ways psychologically, but I knew something mentally wrong with my brain. I knew that there was something that I was, some wires I had twisted somewhere that were making me not able to speak when I should be able to, but I just knew I had to like figure it out. And one time when I was reading out loud, Mrs. Guerrero, an amazing lady that was my speech therapist, um, said to me, was like, what was what you just read about? Tell us what you were reading about. I'm like, I don't know, so focus on the words, make it sounding right, making it sound perfect, wanting it to be like perfect presentation for everybody that I didn't think about. And she goes, it seems like you're so much more concerned with like sounding perfect, how it comes off, how people are receiving it, rather than just the message itself, the content itself. Yeah. Like I was making myself the issue in my presentation of it. It was like a really humbling moment. I realized like, oh, as we drive by an ambulance on the right <laughs> with its siren on, another humbling moment. 
I mean, that's how the plates yeah. flash you. So you were bringing anxiety into the mix, period. I was bringing anxiety into yeah. the mix. And not, wow, they're like working on someone back there. Jesus. Wow. Holding up an IV bag and the firefighter type guy is like, looks like he was doing CPR. Yeah, we got people doing CPR in front of us. That's crazy. Not CPR, uh, chest compression. Yeah, I've never seen that before. Wow, me either. And that's Compton right there. We're driving by Compton. Shit. God bless the dead. Yeah, or hopefully this guy survives. Yeah, totally. My God. I want to like cheer him on emotionally and like try to speed up and like yeah. send good vibes, but they're going very fast, I guess for obvious reasons. Jeez, that is insane. Yeah. So I'm going 72. He's going probably 85. Yeah. Weird. But no, siren on. It's variable to move freely, it just freaks people out. They don't need it. Yeah, probably. It yeah. freaks out the person they're working on, too. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that would freak me out. They already have people working on them, I guess. That's unbelievable. Life is fragile, man, that's for sure. It's interesting thing about doing a podcast at high speed. It's like, yeah. what is your perspective on life? Like? <laughs> is that fucking a high speed podcast? Yeah, what, what, what other podcasts have you seen, like, a dramatic medical ER procedure randomly transition into the podcast and it's in real life? I want to say none. None. That's probably a first in podcasting. So I believe this man's going to make it. They're working on him aggressively. They're pumping him back to life, and he's gonna hear that it was himself. Let's say where it is, even. We're, we're just passing now 37th Street Ex- Exposition Boulevard, Martin Luther King. This could be Parkway. like uh, season two of Serial Podcast. Totally. It starts here with us right now. We have a call from <laughs> Los Angeles Penitentiary. <laughs> Adnan. We just show up at the hospital right now in the emergency room, do a podcast. So, guys, please, could you stop? We're like, hey, man, we're just trying to do a podcast. <laughs> and here's the thing. It's in season one. We worked about an old case. In season two, we're working on the case before it unfolds. <laughs> we go right to the emergency room and ask the hard questions. Maybe that is a gunshot wound in his chest, but maybe... Could be a harpoon. He shot somebody else. <laughs> uh, Serial, I listened to the first nine episodes or something out of 12. Yeah. And I just lost interest because it seemed to me like Adnan was just guilty. And they were just stretching a little bit to make a podcast. Well, I don't, you know, I think that, uh, I mean, even the girl that like, interviewed thinks that he's, now she's leaning towards he's not guilty. But it's even at the end of the 12th episode, they have not solved anything. It's, con- it's continuing right now. Right. Yeah, and so he has an appeal. Are they doing more episodes? Yeah, yeah, I think so. They don't know what they're gonna do with season two, but I think it's gonna be. Uh, do I get... go ten west or ten east? Uh, one one oh one north. One oh one north. Yeah. Apparently they're gonna continue with a different podcast. I just actually listened to it this week, so I welcome to a podcast where we review other podcasts. True. There's some true a lot of those. I liked Serial a lot. I was very engaged with it. First nine episodes, I was obsessed with it. I should finish it. I'd still like to finish you it. You should finish it. It was really it's okay good. that she didn't uncover the thing. It would be cheesy if, like, for sure she had to uncover yeah. some new fact either. It was a very interesting dive into a story. Yeah, Did you see the Robert Durst documentary? No, I want to. Oh, it's so good, man. Yeah. It's I, just crazy. I just lost my HBO, HBO Go and I got rid of cable, so now I've been just watching, like, Netflix documentaries. And when right. you're watching documentaries, you're just constantly outraged. It's almost like the news thing. And yes. like, this is outrageous. There's very few, like, positive documentaries. Yeah, there's one called Happiness, or Happy, you should check out. I will check that out. But other than that, yeah, you're right, there's some pretty dark ones. 
Yeah. Some very dark ones for sure. What did I just watch on Netflix? That was great. Uh, uh, it'll fucking come to me. I don't know. That's a good one. <laughs> uh, it'll fucking come to me. I don't know. It was <laughs> it amazing. Was, it was. Inside the stoner brain. Uh, uh, what the fuck was it that I watched? This can be edited, I guess. No, I don't edit nothing. <laughs> You're stuck with it. So you <laughs> have to think fast or abandon ship to a different... Level. If anyone at home can call in right now. There's no call-ins. Oh, it's not right. live. Oh, that's right. Text in. There's um, no live. So you, you got this speech thing. You break out of that. You become a national performer. You, you move to Los Angeles. What's your first big break in L.A.? Did you feel like when you started... Feeling like you were on your feet in Los Angeles and you're starting to become an established part of the scene. Um, first big break was I think probably sort of getting hired to write the Radio Music Awards for ABC, this three-hour award show, and I was one of three writers. And um, I'd written a submission packet to write for the late, late show with Craig Kilborn. Yep. And I got his voice down really kind of perfect, I believe. Yeah. And. I didn't get the job, but then my manager at the time, Howard Lapidus, or Andrew Lear, sub submitted that right to um, ABC, and I got hired, and all of a sudden I'm one of three writers responsible for three hours of network television. Yeah. And I believe at this point in my life that I had figured out all of my like stress demons, and I still to this day don't think I felt stress being at that job. I felt very confident that I'd be able to sit down and write comedy yeah. on demand. I'd be able to write intros for every single artist and we had everybody on earth performing on this show like Destiny's Child, Jay-Z, uh, Mary J. Blige, Mariah Carey with Shakira's first performance on national television ever in America. Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's crazy. And you felt like you broke through stress demons as far as you, you felt like that stress was hampering you early on? No. Yeah. So and I sat down. I felt fine. I, I didn't feel like I was nervous but I must have been in retrospect because I suddenly couldn't breathe well. I was literally sitting down the first few days in the office. We started writing in the valley before we moved to yeah. Vegas for the last two weeks. And I literally couldn't breathe. I, I felt like the air conditioning was like clamping down my throat. <laughs> totally. How do I swallow air? I can't even get air in my fucking system. <laughs> and I had this like lump in my throat and it must have just been nerves. I was like trying to drink water yeah, or beverage was. constantly to like yeah. get through it. To must have been nerves. Up? Yeah, for sure. And I went to Vegas and got drunk a couple times writing and like ran into Nika Costa in the lobby after I went and saw the artist perform upstairs before I went back to write more. And, and I might have been stoned at the time, too. And This is writing for these awards. Yeah, but like we, we were working late night every night, and they let us one night, and there was a party for the artists leading up to a grand most of our work done. They're like, go and, go and enjoy the party for a couple hours, come back down, keep writing. And I did that just to see the vibe and shift your perspective. And it was great. I ran into Nika Costa, to Nika Costa. Everybody got there something. Everybody got this something. Uh, Frank Sinatra's goddaughter. And I mean, it was just Sinatra documentaries on HBO too. And um, I watched that. It was great. It was good. Yeah. yeah I watched it one time. Um, and uh, she was could tell I was drunk. She's like, yeah. I'm like, I'm writing the show that you're on tomorrow. She's like, that's cool. It's like you're having fun. I'm like, totally am. Totally am. And she was so cute and pretty cool. Got a great vibe. You've traveled a ton recently. What 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 uh, what places? Kind of fucked up the end of the show, but go ahead, sir. <laughs> Do you want to tell us about that? Well, I guess I guess briefly I could share that like I was a little bit unprofessional also on that because I was so excited to be there and our work was done writing the show in advance. Even though I realized quickly that we were like actively needing to like 
alter the script and run to the teleprompter truck because we're like, oh, suddenly 30 seconds behind, we got to cut out 12 words in the script. And I had to physically run into the prompter truck. <laughs> and then we've got more time to spare, so we go backwards. But I'm taking pictures backstage with like a lot of the artists yeah. while I'm working, which maybe is not the best move. And this is probably a little bit pre-social media, too. And it like, was. They're just for your, for your house. It's just for my album. <laughs> totally. For my frame of the wall. It's scrapbook. Yeah, because I fit in. I belong here. But when Company came over, you had a little little photo album. Hey guys, I don't know if you noticed the framed <laughs> award show montage that I have up by the piano. Photos with different shapes around them. Some are oval. Some are circle. <laughs> <laughs> some are square. True. Some are square. Make me feel fine. Um, that was a fun gig. Though. I loved it. I loved Sounds it. fun. So, so the end of the show. I was watching Nika Costa perform. I just went to the other side of the stage. She closed the show. And, um... I'll get off here? I think so. Oh, Melrose, shit. if you can. Well, you can say it out loud. I'm sorry. Lord. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I thought you knew. You're fine. Yep. I was, like, barely... Like, I just went in front of the wall by inches. Luckily, there's an ambulance in front of us. <laughs> They're busy. <laughs> oh, shit. You got room for two more in there? <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> Evan's the Betsy. Where do I go now? Left or right? Uh, you go left. Melrose. Follow your heart. Uh, my heart would have been straight. <laughs> okay. Way longer. Everybody got this something. And Play so you know, we see like homeless people in the corner there. It's like at that point you become established in LA. And then did you feel like after you became established you became well, re-unestablished? Like re-unestablished? Like where you got your first thing and then all of a sudden you didn't have it again? You're like, wait a second, I thought I was. No, because I just never looked down. I just always. New, you know, and then you hear your names on like some to watch list, and then all of a sudden maybe it's not the next year, but you got some other thing going. It's like yeah. as long as you're working hard and putting your all into it, and if you truly are talented, you just had need. I think it's just easy to believe in yourself because you just know this is what you're meant to be doing, and you have the skills for sure to succeed. So it should lift all the pressure off. Yeah. And then I just never worried too much. I'm neurotic, you know. Yeah. My production company's neurotic gangster. I'm neurotic, so I I'm always gonna worry about it, but. I'm gangster enough to know that, like, I'm not going to let it slow me down or stop me, really. Yeah. So it's just, like, ner nervous thoughts in the back of your head, but it doesn't... You just keep working, and then if it's good, people notice, and you get offered more work, and just... If you bring it every time, every audition, bring your best, try to crush it. Everything you write, just, you know, be in the zone and, like, write hilarious shit. It should... And then you do need a couple lucky breaks. And do, do you have any lucky breaks that stand out in your mind where you go, oh, that was a real lucky moment. Not that you didn't deserve, that you like you stumbled into something good in this moment and then it sure. like, kind of turned into something good. Totally, and there's millions of those. I mean, so what stands out in your mind? Like when I performed at the Laugh Factory for some showcase from Montreal or something and like 30 people came to see me and Aaron Yampolsky was there at the time uh, working for Jamie Masada liked my set and I had a great set and he saw that I could bring people out and he offered me to host college night yeah which is the origin of what comedy juice became cool um and I started I was first called Glebe's college comedy and then it was just college night for years and um and that was just a huge opportunity all of a sudden weekly two years into stand-up I'm performing weekly with yeah. Dane Cook and you know uh Sarah Silverman and Alonzo Bowden. Alonzo Bowden and then Mitch Mullaney, rest his soul, and Bob Saget and and Michael Richards, pre-insanity, and you know everyone. I mean yeah. Chappelle, yep. Chris Rock, everybody. Um, Jay Moore, Carlos Mencia on his rise, 
and just I just all of a sudden coming up with like every of the best comedians and I was going on there on stage and I was hosting and Jamie Masada gave, gave me one of the best gifts of my career which was he let me perform without any limits on that show yeah I would literally go up there and host 15 minutes up front every week yep. and then if I wanted to do two to five between every comic Rarely was I ever told by him to not do it. Yeah, I had freedom. I would do sketches on stage. Scott and I would write weird game shows and funny game shows and sketches. Here's they were passing now Rally Studios where we had the Gleep Show offices and soundstage. Yeah, but we had it for Lampoon that we sold while we were doing the show um, for uh, for a Jamie at Laugh Factory at the same time College Night. All things comedy is in there. Where we met our friend Brooke Powers who worked fresh as a producer on the live. Laugh Factory show and the show for Rally Studios for National Lampoon Network, yep. who, who, who passed away recently that I shared on the, on the podcast, last one I did about five, four months ago or so. So then you're kind of rolling, jamming in L.A., you're kind of motoring along, you're getting a little bit more of a name for yourself, you're performing well and probably getting bigger laughs, and then you probably had that moment that a lot of comics have where you go, like, when will the TV credits start rolling in or at least start? What, what was your first kind of big break to get something on television? So, my first thing on television that was sort of interesting, but not really a break of any kind, was in college. My last episode of the Gleep Show, Carmen Electra was my guest, and it was a big coup of a guest. And she hadn't done a lot of personal talking interviews where anybody spoke seriously to her at all, because no one did longer interviews with her. Right. So I, as a college student at UCSD, did this 20-minute interview with her in front of 3,000 people, but I'm asking her about her divorce with Dennis Rodman, how she felt, and all this stuff. Each Hollywood story contacts me and says they heard she did a great revealing interview with me and they asked me if they could use clips of it in her Each True Hollywood story. Wow. So while I'm in college, it comes out like right after I graduate after, actually, I mean. And she's so fine. I'm all over her Each True Hollywood story, like six yeah, clips of me interviewing Carmen Electra. And they aired it like a hundred times over the next year and a half, you know, two years. Um, so that was a little something. And I did jaywalking too when I was in college. I was, during my sophomore year, I was pledging my fraternity and saw Leno taping it at City Walk in Beverly Hills and yeah. they interviewed me and I like turned the tables on him and had this really funny thing happen and everybody knows, knows me from that. So then we were doing the show at the Laugh Factory for two and a half years and Kilborn, late late show with Craig Kilborn, Matt Harowitz and then uh, and after him, Shalene Desai, who's the one that ended up booking me on the late late show, they mm -hmm. started putting, they were all putting every Tuesday night on our show, the comic that was going to be doing the next night yeah. on Kilborn right. to test the set. It was always an amazing crowd, like a TV audience, and they just saw me. I was just crushing it every week. Yeah. Honestly, I was like really just having great sets all the time and in the flow and having a fucking blast and hitting yeah. my stride. Even like Jamie walked by in the back, he's like, says to me after the show, he's like, you're really hitting your stride, buddy. It's really, yeah. really wonderful. Like, to get a comment like that from Jamie is something, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. And he booked me to do radio in the morning, and I got drunk with Scott at Tony Rock's place and missed radio. And Jamie finally booked me on something, <laughs> and then he was like, pissed at me forever after that. And like, oh, that's your one chance, buddy. You sleep through radio. I'm like, and I felt horrible. You know, I can't, yeah. I've never missed a thing since. An unlucky break right there. I was unlucky, for yeah. sure. And that happened with Scott. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. What were I you think drinking? we were at Tony Rock's place. I think we might have been even like playing strip poker with like Tony and some of the servers from. Oh the, fuck! I'm not even. I think that's probably true. was it. I mean, it makes sense. That all adds up in my mind. It makes sense. Yeah. 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 It was a blast, and some random people too. But um, so uh, cool. and I got asked to do the. I, I got a phone call one day from Shalene. He's like, "Hey, I let me message to call me back." I call him back. He's like, "Yo, Glee, I." Uh, been watching you. You're killing it. I think 
or he just called me, sorry, sorry, first thing he says to me is like, I was wondering if you'd be interested in performing on the Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn on March 21st or whatever. Wow. I just screamed, I'm like, fuck yes! Yeah. That to me was the big break. Yeah, for sure. We already had the show on National Lampoon Network for a few months, Scott and I sold the Glebe show at National Lampoon, but it wasn't like a big national broadcast TV audience, aired to colleges. Yeah. And so when I booked that, all the presidents of National Lampoon and vice presidents and all the execs came to the taping. Cool. Scott and I were in the, were in the green room. Lisa Loeb was on the episode and Jeremy Sisto. And that day again, too, I felt completely rationally not calm and not stressed out. Yeah. But I clearly was because I was, like, sick all day. Yeah. I was, like, going to the restroom all the time and almost throwing up and not feeling good. It was so, so weird. It's funny, too, that you didn't know that it was due to the TV show. <laughs> I know, but obviously it's, like, I just kept trying to, like, avoid yeah. the fact that my mind could ever fuck with me again. Yeah. Despite, like, so I was, like, overcoming even the actual symptoms. Yeah. But still dealing with them. And then... Five minutes before, backstage, meet Lisa Loeb, had a cute moment with her, and Scott and I just busted out two Coronas from the fridge in the in the dressing room there, and just relaxed. All tension melted away, and I had a Corona. We walked down the hallway, and Scott walks at me, and, and we literally out loud start rapping. You better lose yourself in the moment you own it. You better never let it go. Scott's like might be playing it on his phone and we're singing it out loud. You only get one shot. You can't lose the chance to blow because opportunity comes once in a lifetime. It's like the fucking song that all white dudes listen to when they have to be pumped up. Totally. It replaced the Rocky theme. <laughs> it and definitely did. Totally. If and they could splice those together, that'd be great. That would be dope. Release yourself in the moment you own it. You better never let it. It's hard to do both at the same time. For one person. Um, I'm not Rozell, for Christ's sake. <laughs> I don't know who that is, dude. He's the original, not the original human beatbox, that's Dougie Fresh, my boy, but he's the original, like, he's not the, I guess he's falls in Dougie Fresh footsteps, yeah. but he's, he can split his voice in two ways and do a beat while he's doing a melody, it's insane. Jesus. And how did your, um, how did your set go on the Late Late Show? So I go on the Late Late Show, and I turn around the corner, and never even met Kilborn, yeah, I didn't even come to the restroom to say hi. The light screen. I, oh, yeah. I was taking a step. I thought I had to stop for that. Because <laughs> you're not supposed to drink and rap. Yeah. <laughs> he was taking a sip of water, but we were stopping at a green light. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and so I go out there, and I turn the corner, and I'm about to go on national TV, and Kilborn to his desk, like 50 feet away, looks at me, leans back in his rocking chair, and just smiles and points at me. Yeah. Like, just giving me confidence. Yeah. Like, you're about to go out there, and the totally. show's yours, man. Have fun. Yeah. And I just got really calm. I walked out there, and I'm telling my first joke, which is this homeless handshake joke that um has like a 35 second setup yeah which is an eternity yeah on national television yeah, it is, yeah. without any chance of a laugh i'm telling like a touching story yeah and i know i gotta hit this bait and switch punchline yeah definitely perfectly to get the set going and during the first joke i forget one of the key pieces of information uh, i forget to say that we shook hands i've done that it's the whole setup and i go a few words past and I realize I've done it. Uh-huh. And I've already been sloppy for like a second out of this four and a half minute set. And I say to myself in my mind, while continuing telling the joke, oh, so I quickly course correct and add that little piece of information that I forgot. Yeah. And I then I'm telling the next joke. And as you know, you, as you know, we can have dual tracks when we're on stage. We know our act and we're also thinking about it, whatever. Absolutely. Um, 
and I had the clear thought in my mind while I'm telling the next joke. Okay, Ben, right now, your career is going to go one of two ways. <laughs> Bear down and hit a fucking grand slam right now. Yeah. And I had that thought, and I'm like, all right, good, pep talk to myself. And I lock in, and like, word perfect, timing perfect, crush the rest of the set. Yeah. Four, sorry, five applause breaks and a standing O yeah. in the whole room, like, erupts out when I'm done. Perfect. And I feel like you get noticed from there. I had that tape, and I start sending it out everywhere. Yeah. And I just feel like I'm a guy that just proved to you, look, I have this funny college TV show, and I just crushed it on national TV. Let's talk about what our next project is. Perfect. And we just got to the Hollywood Improv, where the show is right now, and uh, we'll see you guys later. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll it all the way into the building just for the cool oh, sound perfect. of going into yeah. this bustling world. My bag's in here, so before you leave... Can my bag's in Whose bag's in <laughs> That's my new assistant. Before I leave, you want to grab the bag? Maybe I'll just bring it in. Maybe bring it just because there's a chance that I will forget. Yeah, that. me too. There's a chance I could forget it as well. I don't want to forget the essentials. I haven't been to Juice in like two or three, probably three months, maybe. Uh, I mean, I didn't come during all production. That was. You're on a show in two weeks, three weeks? I'm on Wednesday, 29th, Juice, okay. Holly Juice, when? April 29th. That sounds about right. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> so, where did you start? You, you turned uh, it into an interview with me, which I guess was, was cool, because I don't often be interviewed on this yeah. podcast, so that's cool. That'd be perfect. But um, where are you from again? Where did you get your start? Uh, I started at the uh, comedy store in La Folla, but I, I grew up uh, in Albany, New York, which uh, is upstate New York, obviously. And then I, but I started after college in, in, at the comedy store in La Folla, actually right near where you went to school. And uh, started on Sunday nights there. And then, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I played that club only once, but it was really fun. Yeah, I played it at like, the very end of college, like after after college ended. Yeah, it's a great place to start. Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? Good to see you. What's up? What's up, fellas? What's up? Ben? How you doing? Good to see you, Good to see you man. Good to see you. What's going on? Oh, the floor before What's up? Yeah, how you doing, buddy? What's up? What's up? How you doing? It's the floor What's up? Hey, buddy. What's up, Josh? Hi. What's up? How you guys doing? Hey, hey, um, hey. I'm recording this, by the way, so I'm turning it off. We're doing a podcast in the car. And I wanted to walk in to get the people the live vibe of, like, where we rolled up to. Yes. So, you know. Any thoughts, you guys? Yes. I'm just, uh, I'm a big fan of the Glebster, Ben Glebe, and I'll tell you what, what? What? I'd like to hear this myself. You're very, very upset Josh and Astor, why? I'm not upset. Well, I, uh, second season of your game show, yeah. it's hard enough to get one show on the air, let yeah. alone a damn second season. Yeah. So I think that's kind of cool. Thanks. I'm pretty stoked about it myself, man. I am stoked. Are your parents proud of you? Yeah. How are you? You look good. You got a haircut? I got a haircut. I actually was texting, and, huh? I was texting, and, uh... <laughs> Maybe later. I, I literally looked up and the girl had cut my hair like a marine AIDS. <laughs> just, I don't know why I put it with AIDS, but why, just why cut with it. AIDS? I don't know why. Just because I because I, I also just lost fifteen pounds. Okay, so you feel I just looked in the mirror and I just I, she literally. You're wearing have an army ja shirt jacket though, so it's sort of your fault a little bit. Yeah. Now I got to take a photo so people understand what's happening here. Hold on. 
Oh, and there's Darren Carter, the party starter. What's hey, up, man? Darren, what's up? How you doing? How are you, man? Good. We're recording the podcast. Say hello to everybody. Hi, everybody. This is Darren Carter. Okay, no, we're good. We're are we recording this? Yeah, we are. We are. Oh, are we still recording? Yeah, we are. We are. For sure. <laughs> oh, awesome. This is cool. I'm going to listen to your podcast. What's Darren it? Carter, what can I, how can I hear it? What's it called? It's last week on Earth. This is an episode of last week on the road. My first one in five months. It used to be very popular, but then I I needed to take a break. Everybody needs a season, you know. Needs yeah. a season off. Oh, and you just record it right there on your phone. Yeah, sometimes. Darren, that's uh, cool. Renee Garcia has a very funny joke he wants to throw at you. Right, oh, we introduced him as Darren Carter, the party starter, but he has to be home by by eleven because he's got to put the kids to sleep. <laughs> and he hates hosting. <laughs> that's right. One time, hosting, one time yeah. I asked Darren to host a show like a million years ago. I'm like, you want to host? He's like, I don't want to host. I said, Darren, you're saying you're the party starter. <laughs> that's the starter of a party. You have Definition. to be willing to host. Sometimes that's what party starters do. I want to tell people, uh, you know, uh, it just rhymes, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> evil Knievel. Not really evil. Wait a second. I don't really start parties. I don't. I have gotten this though. Like after the show, like when you're on the road, people are like they're all drunk and they want to do. Come on, go to the club with us. And and I'm like I'm not really. And they're like, come on, you're the party starter. And so <laughs> you gotta live up so, to your name. So I, I tell them I go. I start them. I don't necessarily attend them. You just stay. You don't yeah. stay. Go, because go, go, go. I just buy the crack for you. Yeah. yeah. You give it to you. You go into it. Your son there and call you the party starter. I attend them. I don't end them. That right. Yeah. I attend them. I don't end them. Ooh, I like that. There you go. I'm the party starter. I attend them. I don't end them. There you go. Take it. It's all yours, buddy. That's a gift because you and I have been friends a long time. I will use that. Thank you. And I will, if you ever want me to open, I will. No, I'm like, fuck it. I'll do it. Let's come to this, guys. Doing a podcast on someone's phone. You're getting on? No, I'm in front of the club. Oh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know what? One of my pet peeves at comedy clubs is when people go, uh, because and they're just trying to make small talk. It's just right. it's just a thing to say. But they'll go, "Hey man, you getting on? You getting on tonight? You getting right. up?" And it's like after saying no, like by the ninth person, you're just like, "Fuck!" You get depressed. So here's my new thing. You guys can use this. When I, if, I, this actually came from Truth at the Laugh Factory. Uh, ask me if I'm. Get, somebody asked me if hey, I'm getting. Hey Darren, uh, you getting on tonight? No, I'm just here to get a check. Oh, <laughs> very good. Very yeah. Very so it's good. still friendly. I mean, right yeah. now it's not. But yeah. it's like, oh, he works here and he's getting paid. I'm just stopping by to get some coffee and maybe get a check. So wait. Yeah. Ask me, ask me. Hey, uh, Ben, you getting on tonight? No, no, I'm just here to get real drunk and hit on people. Oh, <laughs> the real party started. Yeah. <laughs> party ender. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was funny because it wasn't even like here to pick, here to hit on girls. It was just people. like people, man. It's yeah. just, I don't even care anymore. Fuck. I'm just here Whichever. to hit on people. <laughs> whoever, whoever will listen. Somebody, let me just put it in. <laughs> Summer trees. Makes me feel fine. <laughs> You're the one that's That's good. Mama. Hi. 70s rock. Right, right. Too bad it's not visible. You can see me. I, got, yeah, I can see. Uh, yeah, you're playing like an air guitar. Yeah, in case you can't see, I was playing air guitar. Air. How can people follow air. you guys on Twitter? Shout out your Twitter handle. At Josh Nasser and as a Nancy A S A R Nasser. <laughs> that like at it's Renee Garcia. One e, not two e's. One E, not two E's. That's important. And you can't do the accent line on the E, can no, you? No, you cannot. That's a bummer. It is. Do you have an accent line on your E? I do, but yeah, you can't yeah. use it on I Twitter. know. It's a bummer. Yeah. That sucks. That's right. <laughs> Twitter's racist against Twitter what's the Latinos. Against Twitter's the accent line. Latinos that's what it on is. There. That's they what know it is. better. Uh, so I pass myself off like a black girl. Like, okay. You, be, you can follow me on Twitter at Renee Garcia. Okay? <laughs> How you been, Renee? What, what's been going on, man? <laughs> well, the man, I've been here. Still wearing the same damn suit. Are you kidding me? Hey, real quick. Is that Yeah. I told him I have one thing. He asked me earlier. He goes, amazing. Yeah. I was like, I got one. I turn it inside out. <laughs> that's it. That's all I do. I day turn on, it inside out. Are you going on tonight? 
No, I am just here to uh, start and end the party at the same time. <laughs> yes. It's and a quantum collect, anomaly. And collect the check. That's a quantum anomaly. <laughs> That's an anomaly. That's I'm going to start it, I'm going to end it, and collect my check. Alex oh, Ortiz is in the house, Ben Glee. What's up, Alex? How you doing, man? Ben Glee. Good to see you. This is recording. So Aha. Who's there? He came. Can I plug my Twitter? Yeah, please, Darren. Okay, it's Darren Carter. If you On uh, Twitter, just at Darren. At Darren Carter. Two R. Carter. D-A-R-R-E-N. I'm Darren. The ladies call me Daron. Daron. Hey, if you guys want to hear my new album, it's on iTunes and Amazon. It's called Stay at Home Stripper. I've got three albums out there. And I promise you yes, this, Darren yeah. Carter is truly why he shouldn't have to start parties if he doesn't want to. He's one of the crushers. You're one of the crushers. You're always hilarious. Thank you, man. You're always Thank very you. funny. People oh, really so, should check so it out. Kind. So, so well, that's nice. That's true. That's true. Thank you. Thank you. That's a fact. That is a fact. What's my newest joke? Can we go around this, this yeah. thing and talk about our newest jokes yeah. and newest bits? Um, yep. Sure. I talk about how Josh, my stepfather locks me in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> I really have been talking about how my stepfather locked me. Is that me a true thing? Swear on my life. Stepdad locked me in the basement. Back in the day? Oh, yeah. And he, uh, I, when I was a kid, <laughs> I'm 47. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Back then. Uh, when you did that. Starting from when I was about eight until I was about uh, 12, 11 or 12. Why? Um, Straight? Four years? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, first of all, you guys are laughing and that's hurtful. Uh, that's the newest one that I'm working on. It's a hard one to crack, but I'm talking about that. How long were you looking in there? Like an hour or two? Like for oh, no, like six, seven, eight hours. For what reason? Just uh, if I didn't do what he said, if I didn't put away milk, if I didn't do something. He was a real, real Your crazy Your stepdad? Stepdad. He would lock the door? Like yeah, just my stepdad was... Were you chained or were you allowed to freely himself. walk? No, I wasn't chained, but he sold him. He was an insurance salesman, and he sold himself an insurance policy <laughs> to, to the devil. Where if he ever got uh, declared uh, mentally unfit to be in the workforce or work, he would get sixty thousand dollars a year tax free, and then two years later, cashed in on that insurance policy. <laughs> wow! So that's the, that's Damn. the premise of what I'm, you know, cracking. I got this new bit, Ben, where I'm starting, uh, and I get up on stage, and I'm like, "You guys ready to start this party? <laughs> yeah!" <laughs> Oh, there that sounds familiar. Yes, that's <laughs> really? yeah, that was horrible. Know, it was just a joke. Thank you, Nazar, for playing. Renee so, Garcia, uh, <laughs> the Fiesta Empresario. There you go. The was yeah. That actually got me excited. Can you? The, cr- the crowd would love that. There's nothing more exciting so. than Mexican music is like yeah. super exciting. Oh, I love it. Oh, See, it's oh, it's, it's, it's kind of like theirs, but not really because oh, mine's in Spanish, exactly. so it's different. It's annoying. It's una cosa diferente completamente porque es una premise muy. Uh, muy, muy diferente sí. del, Ooh, like muy, muy diferente del Darren Carter El Fiesta Stars yes. <laughs> by the way I have no idea what Ben Glee just said Darren Carter El Fiesta Stars <laughs> <laughs> you know what you meant? <laughs> yeah, of course I Renee do Renee Garcia does not speak <laughs> Spanish I met, I met a Mexican recently who didn't speak Spanish what's your thing back where, where are you from? I'm originally from Texas Texas? oh yeah where's your ethnicity from? Texas? Oh, no, my, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, from Texas, believe it or not. I'm fourth oh, generation. I believe it. I believe it. fourth generation? Dude, my oh. great-grandmother's grandparents are from Monterrey, Mexico. Really? Uh, your great-grandmothers? My great-grandparents wow. were from Monterrey, Did Mexico used to be down below Texas, too? No. Yeah, of course. It was? It, it, it was all part of Texas, man. Hey, brother, take it easy. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Where? Where are you going? San Antonio. Dude, I was just in San Antonio this weekend. Yeah, so, um, I, I mean, I don't know if you know the history of America, but you know fucking Texas was... 
all fucking uh, right. Mexico. I just forgot it that it was actually Mexico. Mexico. Which is why people in the South like don't recognize designated. the state of Texas as the South. Because uh, the Southerners claim <laughs> that no real Southern state would ever be owned by another country like <laughs> Mexico. Unless, oh, really? Florida's re- doing us more exactly. proud? I mean, they're about to tie. They're about to tie, tie, really. Alex, you out? Um, what, what's one of your new bits, brother? Uh, hey, I, you out? I don't know if it's... <laughs> oh, sorry. We're doing a podcast here, oh, buddy. A podcast? You're screaming like a Mexican. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That you was out? my fault. I'm sorry. You're accusing people like a Jew. <laughs> I'm sorry. I own them. I mean, I bought them. I, I sold them for a profit. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry I about that. Jack and the CD on, because I missed okay. that motherfucker. I know. I, I, I told I, I, you I, I like 100 miles an hour. I told him you were coming. <laughs> this fucking bastard left. I'm a customer. Left? Left. Alex That's and Dion cool. uh, Cole are really good friends. They're yeah. back from Chicago. That's and, cool. And, uh, I love Dion. Back in the day. He was trying, to get, cool. he was trying to get down here to Damn. see him. Damn. Go see Dion. Dion You came. text him and be like, yeah. what the fuck? No, I text this nigga. Right. That's what I'm talking about. I didn't know he was with his lady. So he goes, I'm with my lady, man. You know, I got a we drove around for like ever together. Like I was his feature forever. That's so cool. I mean, but I haven't seen him in forever. He's like Diaz. I was like, nigga, I'm coming. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, tonight, <laughs> did you see him tonight? Maybe you no. Maybe you should have oh. stopped making mouth noises and got in the car and driven to yeah. <laughs> Probably should have done that. Probably should have For an hour, he's like. <laughs> for an hour. And then I get here and he's gone. <laughs> then he decided to get in the car. And I see Darren and this nigga all the time. And this motherfucker too. I see him all the time. I'm not I'm not impressed now. What's your name again, man? Alex Ortiz. Alex Ortiz. Real nice to meet you, man. I heard your name for a long time on Twitter. Where can you find you on Twitter? Latin Laugh. L A T I N L A F. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican. What is that? There's some racist shit. He's doing a podcast. He's Mexican, and all of a sudden he got to be Puerto Rican. He's not one of us. He's not one of us. He's one of them. He's one of us. He's one of us. No. That's up, man. Yeah, he's like fucking yeah, with you. I don't yeah. usually talk around Mexican. I guess. Is that Mexican? That nigga's Mexican. No, yeah. me. <laughs> that is a sentence. That is a quote. Like that is a quote right there. He's joke on you. He's like, Dion, Dion, Dion's here. Dude, I, I jumped in the car. And I was, yeah. Hey, probably, got, probably got a ticket on the way here. You <laughs> almost got a DUI last night. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm going to roll in, fellas. Nice chatting with all of y'all. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too, man. Ben, hey, good to see you, Always man. a pleasure, my brother. Thank you, Thank you, you man. Good luck Thanks, with the show. You didn't tell me a bit, did you? Did you uh, tell me a bit? No, Thank you no, so no. much, Renee. Seriously, man. Uh, I'm going to go home and drink this bottle of him. Let's make up a knock-knock joke right now. All right, we'll do... Oh, I got one. I got, oh, we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll, do my, we'll do this bit. Let's, let's go over here real quick. Yeah. I'll do my... I like my women. Have you seen me do that one? Yeah. I like my women like I like... And I, people yell out shit. Like, here, I'll give you some examples. I like my women like I like my dog begging for a bone. I like my women like I like my uh, pancakes next to my sausage. <laughs> I like my. Here's someone. This last week was really smart. They go senators. I said two in every state. Okay, so you give me one. Here, just make up some. I like my women like I like my shoelaces. Shoelaces. <laughs> um, in my closet. <laughs> tied up. I like. Oh yeah, tied up. I like my women like I like my. Uh. Parking cones. Parking cones, a little bit dirty. <laughs> All right, that's enough. I don't Made of plastic. Made of plastic. What's up, buddy? How you doing, Steve? Hey, listen, Steve, right, give us one. I like my it, women. Like I like. This my is the man who I'm recording the podcast right now. And chunky. This is the man who I've, who I've mentioned several times that helped is partly responsible for me getting an ice age. Say <laughs> hello, right. recording the podcast. Hi. Hi. What's happening? Hi, everyone. Hi, hi, everybody. You put it. I, I, yeah. You're working in Christian Kaplan's office, and you put in the great word, and you like, I did. 
there in the mind frame right before my audition. That was like a big moment of, of epiphany to help me book that thing. And you made it happen and made me proud. Thank you, Steve. And it's like, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful moment in time. Thanks, bud. Yeah, no, I mean that. Yeah. Thanks. Absolutely. I mean it too. It was really like. Cool. I know you do, because you always say it. Every time I, I see you, you yeah. always say you're always so appreciative. And that, like, that means more to me than anything. Really, no joke. Like, I'm. Thanks, that. Like, man. Like, no it was homo a, right it, now and whatever. It was like powerful because I think I probably was having a problem. Where I was like overacting or overdoing it nah. in auditions, or maybe not. But but I was and I wanted I would go in there to audition for the voice of a sloth, and I'm like I'm gonna do this voice, and I'm like I'm a sloth and whatever. And you played for me this audio that you made out of clips of me doing the yep. Twilight Man on the street, yep. and it wasn't even me doing a cartoon. And you sat, sat me down in Chris's office, and you're like, listen, you already sound like a cartoon character. Yeah, 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 exactly. You don't need to do a voice. No. That was yeah. the best piece of advice I've oh. like ever gotten in the moment. Yeah. And then I just did my own voice and fucking and booked that it. shit. He killed it. So that yeah, was the mindset that you, that, that you got I gotta be back. Later, buddy. I'll see you. You got it. And I was talking earlier in this podcast about my speech problem. That's a different part of my speech problem helped me that time, too. I have a list. I've always had a little bit of a lisp, and so comes out sometimes more than others. And I auditioned in the room, and I didn't even know I, I didn't even know that Sid the Sloth had a lisp. Oh, but I just have a bit of a lisp. Now I'm yeah. auditioning to be his brother. Yeah, and so yeah. I audition, and Christian Kaplan goes, Ben, you putting that minor lisp into your audition was brilliant because it wasn't like overpowering like his but you could tell you're related and, yeah. and I just avo- I said thank you and I avoided using S's the rest of the time in the room so he wouldn't yeah. know I didn't do that on purpose yeah, yeah. I'm like thank you <laughs> bye bye thank you bye 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 that's really good man yeah that's fun well dude. thanks for having me on this podcast yeah thanks for doing it in- incognito thrown in your face yeah as we enter the improv oh they did oh, I'm touched oh I thought it was torn off the wall there recently. It's torn off. It's torn off. It'll be somewhere else. And they put it back up. That's good. I was certain I was going to walk in now as comics think negatively and it would not be back up and it was going to hurt my feelings. And it's there again. That's cool. I feel better. It's a happy ending. Happy endings are nice. Yes. It's crazy when you let... When... Life advances and you achieve your like dreams. Isn't it weird? You're like, I know this is such a wild. I know this room. Do you remember when this room was a? Remember when it was a theater, right? Before it was the bar. Of course, I, remember, I loved it. I remember when there was was uh, they had about thirty of us taking an acting class in this room, and it was like, I mean, this that's is, cool, dude. It was back in like I want to say ninety eight, ninety nine. Jimmy Fallon was in the acting class. Really? Yes. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Todd Glass, a ton right. of people. How are you? How are you doing? I had some fun, alty, yeah. weird sets in here yeah me too it was a great alt room it felt like an alt room didn't it yeah I, I hope they do I hope they do something like that again so so I even suggested if, upstairs it's the perfect room for a second stage right I know, upstairs I know so perfect where it's like because we have all this talent here and sometimes you want to come down and not just hang but you're like you know let me work on seven minutes or five minutes yes it's like, totally you know it's like the improv should have a second spot totally everyone else does upstairs I mean, here would yeah. be genius they explained to me they didn't want to do it or they couldn't do it because they have to build a restroom oh. and they would need to build like handicap access and both would be very expensive to get up there but I feel like it's worth it because yeah. they have a liquor license upstairs and there's a room that's a perfect size for a second bar I, th- I think they're going to try to do that in this room am I right like is that, 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 that there's a stage in the down. corner there yeah I don't know this is more of a social work. thing up. what's up Christine work, yeah. Yeah. well I'm going to head to the bar I'll, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later Ben alright brother yeah. later pal see good you, to see you This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com. <laughs>